everybody. Welcome to the Excedra Show. I'm Chris. Uh, Paul will join us um, shortly. But I got Joe with me. Welcome back, Joe. How are you? Well, hello. I'm doing great. It is actually my birthday. Yes. As we record this. Well, thank you so much. Uh, do anything fun? I mean, you're podcasting, which is always well, a fun I'm podcasting, thing. but uh, oh, I had some sick kids home from school Ooh. today, so I had a half day, which worked out perfect, because then I could only work a half day, and I was just at home, hanging with my <laughs> sick kids. Thank God it for sick kids, right? keep us from, <laughs> right? It did keep us from being able to go out to dinner, which we usually do on everybody's birthday, so we actually just picked up Chick-fil-A and brought it home. Okay. But my wife made me uh, the birthday cake uh, that I that my mom used to make when I was young. So oh. she made that that kind of cake and topped it with something different than my mom would do, which made it better. So I'm pretty excited. I got a pretty dope birthday cake out of it. Okay. Very good. Um, yeah, I my birthday's in January. I'll, I'll have to see what's going on there. Uh, I think it's a Friday this year. I don't know. I'll have to say. Looking forward to it. It's always yeah, fun. Wednesday birthdays are weird. Yeah. In the middle of the week. What do you do? You can't like take a take a, a long weekend. That's a really long weekend if it's a Wednesday birthday. Well, it's tough for my family because it's like they buy gifts and they have to buy more gifts. And my wife's a big birthday person. I'm I'm okay with birthdays. I mean, mm-hmm. I just let me do something fun, I guess. My wife, she, she makes a big production, which is good. Good for her. No worries. All right. Well, hey, we got a bunch of interesting stuff to talk about. And I'm talking about birthdays. I'm <laughs> cutting down the time to talk about other stuff, too. So well, you let's, know. let's dive into some of the crazy stuff happening around Ohio. Um, Ohio State Highway Patrol, they're looking for troopers. All these um, you know, law enforcement, we're all down on workers. Everyone needs workers. So if you need a job, you know, hey, Highway Patrol is something you might want to look at. But apparently... Maybe one of the things that's gotten down on troopers where not many people are willing to apply is you can't have tattoos. So what they're saying now is you can have tattoos on your arms, but you have to wear long sleeve uniforms to cover the ink. Even in the summer. Yeah. Right. So, So I don't get that. Then why are they saying you're allowed to have tattoos? I mean, if you have to wear long sleeve shirts, doesn't matter what you have underneath, right? Right, that's kind of their point. Like the rule has always been that you can't have tattoos, can't have visible tattoos. Right. And so now but people would then, you know, complain about about long sleeves, you know, during the summer and whatever. But so they're they're relaxing the rule that you can get the tattoos, but you do have to wear long sleeves so that they are not visible. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I mean if you're if you well, and tattoos- it's getting and it's hitting different because the generations have changed so much. Like the percentage of people who are, you know, the younger, the younger crowd, the 18 to, you know, 32 or whatever that there, the, there's a much higher percentage of people who already have tattoos before applying for a job like highway patrol. Uh, then it would just eliminate people from being eligible for a position with the highway patrol. So they, you know, that's, that's one of those things that's going to just have to adjust. Um, Based off of the changing times and generation, yeah, and I 
I think too, it's not even just like when you say that, I'm sure there's gonna be some people out there like, oh, that liberal Joe, he's wants everyone to go crazy. But you know what? You've gotta be part of society and culture, right? To be relevant. I, I I once worked for a newspaper where you had to wear a shirt and tie every day that you worked. They wanted no ties. Matter, yeah. Yeah. No matter what, what you covered or anything else. So uh one year I was out covering the live Christian music festival. So it's a nice summer festival, it's hot. Everyone there is pretty much in shorts and t-shirts and everything. And I'm walking mm-hmm. around in a dress shirt and, and a tie. And I had a couple of days where I was backstage talking to some of the celebrities, I guess, are there. And everyone's looking at me like, why are you in a tie? I mean, there are people <laughs> who run the festival. And I'm like, oh, just my work and everything. And, you know, and I think there comes a certain point where I know at least that event, people are like, who the heck is this guy? I mean, you're not endearing yourself to your audience in some ways. And it's like, okay, we're talking about, you know, even back in, I hate to get serious in the show, but, you know, with the George Floyd stuff and everything, all the bad stuff that's gone on, shouldn't please be more identifiable and, and, you know, more like the people they serve. And it seems like, I don't know, what's the turnoff by having a tattoo as a policeman or a trooper? Is it... Well, I mean, mean, A, those rules are going to have been written by an earlier generation where there are other implications for somebody having a tattoo. But at the at the very least, you you have the possibility of depending on what a tattoo is going to be that someone's going to get on their forearm that is going to be visible, depending on what that might be. There could be messages that are connected to what the tattoo is. It could it could uh, uh, establish, you know, I don't know. like a, like an allegiance to anything. Like if, we, if I had a Pittsburgh Steelers tattoo on my forearm and I'm supposed to be administering impartial justice to somebody and I pull over somebody who's a Browns fan, you know, then you have the possibility of there being all kinds of stuff for, you know, uh, assumptions or misunderstandings about people uh, just because you're you're demonstrating some type of allegiance to one thing or another i'm a pepsi fan and somebody you know somebody's a coke fan and gets upset about the pepsi tattoo that i have on who knows so it's just in some ways there's a logic uh, and a decent logic behind just don't have those kinds of markings that are visible for somebody in uh in the public why why make those kind of statements when one of the aspects of your job is intended to be impartial now i will say that article said something about uh an exception was possible for people who wanted to get like, instead of a ring Mm -hmm. having a tattoo or some type of thing that was in the place of a, of a wedding ring, um, that that was potentially permissible. Uh, but you know, somebody who wants to get love and hate put on their, on their fingers, you know, or you have prison tattoos, Maybe this isn't the, the the highway patrol might not be the the best position for you at that point. Yeah, but like you said before, it seems very backward. It seems like you know it's I'm from really, another time and another era yeah. for sure. I mean, I was raised in a Baptist church where man, you listen to weird music and you're 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 a heathen and everything. It's like you know, I, I mean, we need to change with the times. I mean, as long as your tattoo's not offensive, I mean, come on. I I, I mean. 
you, know, you talk about religion. But you're saying as long as it's not offensive and not offensive to who and who gets to make that decision. And it's also just a little bit easier than having to then parse out to say, oh, this is an acceptable tattoo. This isn't. Uh, okay. I have to approve your tattoo. You just say, don't get a tattoo that's visible. Well, I, I, guess, I guess. I guess. Go ahead. Oh, well, I just going to say, I, I guess the more you think about it, like uh, I have a. Um, Member of my extended family, let's put it like that. I want mm-hmm. who's a um, he's a policeman in a city that has an NFL team. I I, I don't know why. I, I probably shouldn't give away anything sure. too specific, but he has a famous story where he um, pulled over uh, one of the prominent members of that football team. He would tell that uh, story, and I guess if he had a tattoo of that team or the rival. Maybe that would be bad. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if he lets the guy off and he has a well, then accusations. If you have the opposing team, whatever, now you're pulling me over because you are a fan of the other team and you're causing problems. Like those accusations are then you've opened the door for a kind of accusation for uh, partiality that you wouldn't be if you didn't have a tattoo like that. Now, is that right? Is that wrong? It's just sort of a matter of opinion and a, and a matter of style. So I remember working for uh, a gentleman for a while who ran a, who did roofing and siding. And, uh, you know, he's in, in the construction business and in the construction business, there's plenty of people who have tattoos and, uh, you know, are, are do those kinds of things recreationally and whatever. So he had some tattoos, but he was very careful about the placement of the tattoos so that if you wore an average T-shirt mm-hmm. with sleeves and, you know, a regular uh, crew necked uh, T-shirt, you wouldn't see them at all. But he could put on a tank top and he had something that went right along his collar below bone and stuff on his uppers. Uh, arms that would be covered by a normal sleeve because he knew that he would have to go into the homes of a little old lady uh, in order to do bids on roofing and siding. And he was going to have an issue uh, getting those jobs if he was covered in tattoos. So he placed them carefully, (laughs) thought about it ahead of time. Don't get the drunken tattoo where you're tattooing your neck or your face. And, uh, you, you know, you're just careful about where they're placed. You can do whatever you want to do on the weekends. And then during the week, you do your job. Maybe that's an argument for the, what do they call it, the tramp stamp, like the lower back tattoo. Because, like, unless you're shirtless or you're naked, I mean, no one will ever see that, right? Uh, until you wear a shirt that doesn't quite tuck in. Oh, yes. And true. you bend over to pick something up, and then <laughs> there it is. I would not want to be pulled over by a highway patrolman that had a tramp stamp. I will yes, say that. That would, that would be tough. That would, uh, that would be awkward. Or what if... But part uh, of what they're trying to relax these things is because there are so many people who've already made that choice. Right. And it's just eliminating potential, uh, potential perfectly good uh, highway patrol people from uh, being able to be eligible for these jobs, so... I think patrolmen should have like you know, like the Ohio State Buckeyes. They have Buckeye leads that they put on their helmets when they make a good play. Right. And so if you see a lot of Buckeye leads, you're like, wow, this guy's pretty good. They should like 
tattoo the names of the people they arrest or something on their arms. So. What? Oh, no, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrifying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so if you see a lot of names on the guy's arm, you're like, whoa, this guy's got a lot of arrests this month. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to finish up the sleeve on my left arm. Right. Like, what? Don't arrest more people just so that you can put more things on you. Well, more tattoos. You can tell when someone pulls you over how how much trouble they're going to be. Like if they come in, they're not tattooed. You're you're like, oh, they're not going to arrest me. They're fine. But they come with names all over their body and everything. You're like, whoa, you know, Uh oh, this is going to go bad. Yeah, this is tough. But they also do still have the the rules against facial hair. Oh, okay. In the highway patrol, that's still a thing. That's something you can shave and grow back as you want. Yeah, I was. That's harder to do with tattoos. I was weird. I'll buy. It. I'm not a baseball guy anymore, but the um, Cleveland Guardians were doing well, so I was catching a couple of their games. Very mm-hmm. strange. The Yankees were famous for not allowing facial hair at all. Yeah, but it seems like it was a Steinbrenner thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but and I don't know if that's still a thing or not. But, but I, I saw know. that a lot of the Yankee players have mustaches. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people have mustaches. Anymore, that was the thing. They could grow mustaches, that. but they couldn't grow beards. It must be a thing because there was like a probably six to eight Yankee players I recognize. Well, not that I recognize. I don't know the baseball players anymore, but six to eight Yankee players with the mustache, which was weird. I'm like, man, who has mustaches anymore? But apparently, maybe the Fisher Paul's the, the Yankees thing. do. Yes, they do for some reason. Saw more mustaches than I've seen for a long time. So, yeah. very, very weird. Yeah, gross. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, Paul's going to join us. So I was kind of hoping you'd be here for this time, but we got we got to move on. We got to keep this oh, yeah, move on. Um, uh, Dave Matthews. Uh, we're in a big political season. The midterms is coming up um, less than a month away, which is wild. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not in the daily journalism business right now, so it's coming up quicker. You know, when you're not doing that day after day, you're like, wow, I can't believe it's coming up. It's, quickly. Um, but Ohio's got a pretty um, competitive Senate race uh, between Tim Ryan, he's a guy that's been in the House of Reps for about 20 years, against J.D. Vance. Uh, J.D. Vance doesn't have a lot of political experience. Uh, he wrote the Hillbilly Elegy. So if you, if you like that book, maybe you'll vote for him. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, they have these concerts and everything, these um, rallies to promote each candidate. Mm-hmm. And Tim Ryan's bringing in Dave Matthews. The rock and roll guy, he's doing a free concert in Columbus. Uh, apparently, the tickets are all gone. People want to go see uh, Dave Matthews. I, I wonder what those concerts are like. I mean, I obviously part of it is you're, they're trying to promote a political candidate, which is fine. Um, is it half concert, half political rally? I wonder what's going on there. Uh, who knows? I think I, if it was half and half, people would be pretty disappointed. I think they're really there to see the concert. Right. Well, or, or maybe they'll have like think about your Christian rock concerts where like the the performer will play and maybe they'll have be like a five to ten minute sermon in there. Instead mm-hmm. of sermon, they'll be the hey, vote for this guy. He's he's the best or whatever. Uh, are you are you a Dave Matthews guy? Are you a fan of Dave Matthews music? I was a big fan back in the day. I like okay. that. I like them. Uh, it. I haven't been following them as much for a long time, but. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan. Yeah, there was a time when the new Dave Massey's music was a real big deal. I, I'm trying to figure out, has he done anything? Well, I hate to say it. I mean, obviously he's doing stuff if he's They've had some albums in the, past, in the past number of years, sure. Okay. 
I mean, it's a they've been they've been a, one of those bands that kind of takes a break for a couple of years, and like Dave will go off and do like solo stuff for a little while, and then he'll come back, and the band will do another album. So the lineup has changed a little bit, I think, over the years. the the uh, The saxophone player passed away a number of years ago, I believe. Oh, okay. I gotta ask about this. It's, I, I, it's not a pet peeve. I always get confused about this. If you're like Dave Matthews, what's the difference between Dave Matthews' band and the Dave Matthews solo experience? Because he still has a band with him, right? No. When oh, he does it, when he does it, he'll it's acoustic. And uh, oh, Tim okay. Tim Reynolds, who now is part of the Dave Matthews band, initially he was not. He was he's an electric player most of the time, but uh, he played. He would the two guitars would go out and do a. Uh, an acoustic set. And it was a lot of the same, a lot of Dave Matthews band songs that he would play since he writes most of the material, but then he would have certain songs that he would write that wouldn't be for the big band sound. It would be for more of an acoustic set. So he has uh, at least one solo album that is really just acoustic stuff. Uh, yeah, that okay. he's written to do for these smaller tours, but then he goes back to the band. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that. I was watching the Queen biopic, the Bohemian Rhapsody, the other day, mm-hmm. and you know, in the movie, Freddie Mercury goes solo for a bit. Yeah, and I kind of wonder. Like, I know he was doing more disco and stuff when he was solo, but mm-hmm. Happy's like, well, he still has a band behind him. I mean, obviously, it's not Queen. Obviously, it sounds a little bit different, but I always wonder about that. Oh, the biggest part of it is how the decision-making process goes. If you have a band and you got four people who are in the band and you've made the the choice that this band writes all of the music together, then you have other people you have to get on board with whatever it is you're doing. So when you go solo, this happened with uh, Tom Petty in the, uh, in the Heartbreakers, and then he did in the early 90s an album that was just Tom Petty even though several of the heartbreakers still played on it, but it was all about the decision-making process. It was like, literally, I'm deciding what's happening. And uh, if you want to play, that's cool, but I decide how this goes. Okay. And then he got back together with the heartbreakers, and then they would make decisions together again. Very interesting. Yeah, well, for people for people who've been in bands and stuff, like I've been in enough bands to know ugh, that having to navigate that collaborative process gets really frustrating, and it makes you want to go solo after a while. <laughs> like, well, getting everybody on board with my ideas. Well, and we talk about Ohio on this um, show, and but you might be wondering why are you talking about Dave Matthews as much. I mean, this isn't your stuff, but. It brings back a memory about 18 years ago uh, when Dave Matthews, uh, the tour bus was going through Chicago. And, mm-hmm. you know, tour buses are like RVs. You have to, the human waste, you have to get rid of it somehow. So I don't know if this is breaking the law or not, but they decided to dump it into the river. Yeah, it is. is. Oh, you can't do that. Okay. No, you can't do that. Okay. <laughs> Well, and that now, was part of the thing, and and what okay. happened is why, right? <laughs> well, well, and some out there probably remember stories like, oh, they're talking about that. That's why the center show those guys. Ah, now else. we're back to a center show <laughs> material. <laughs> they're like, 
well, what was this detour when you were talking about you know tattoos and everything? Um, no, okay, so if nothing, if nobody was down there, let me ask that first because I'm not aware of this. So if nobody was down there, so that's still breaking the law. You can't dump raw sewage into. Yeah, the, no, the you're water. not really allowed to do that. No, especially okay. not within a within city limits. Like agree. Oh yeah, because it could get into the water supply, right? Right. You're just dropping solid waste into a into a river in the middle of a city. You can't do that. I don't think that they're the first people to ever do it, but it only got worse because they timed it so poorly. I got really into the YouTube channel. It was like um, where all the YouTube channel was was they would take um, tours of bands' buses, and it was interesting. A band I really like, um, Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. They did a tour of their bus, and the uh, brothers who lead the band are like, "Hey, no number two on the bus. You, yeah, number two, you got. We gotta go to the gas station or something." Yeah. Um, now, obviously, as you might know from my stories on there, when I have to go, I have to go. I can't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't go on the bus, I'll have to be like, "All right, we gotta go to the side of the road. I'll walk out and do my business." Uh, but yeah, so but you do same- long drives, right? Yeah. I've gotten to know bathrooms very well. Yeah, and but you do long drives, so you know well enough that if you're making a stop, you you go ahead and uh, you try to do your business before you get back in and go. So I mean, it's some of it's a little bit of planning ahead, but yeah. If I ever was on tour bus like that, I would yeah, I would never go in the bus because I never would be drafted to you know empty it. Well, so so what <laughs> happens is that, yeah, they're on tour. Uh, 18 years ago, this was like what 2004. Um, you know, they have to empty out. Obviously, emptying out in a riverway in a big city is not a good thing, but <laughs> adding insult to injury, uh, yeah. as they emptied it out, there was a like a boat, kind of like a tour boat going by, mm-hmm. and they got dumped on. Which, my goodness, they dumped it? 800 pounds of <laughs> solid waste from a tour bus. Onto an open-topped tour boat, taking a river tour. Yes, um, uh, dude, that's like the worst. And, and what made it worse too is like you think of, hey, you know, it's a big city. Sometimes stuff happens. You know, newsrooms, the not as many reporters as they used to be. So you know, <clears throat> sometimes these things happen. They just don't get covered. Well, apparently there was a Chicago Tribune reporter was among the passengers hit with human waste. So the newspaper covered that. And they described the substance as foul, liquid substance, and horrific. I can imagine that. Well, yeah. And you know you're <laughs> I don't know about, how else you'd describe it. And you know you're going to be written about when it happens when reporters on the on the boat, <laughs> which isn't good. Sure. And then to be able to make a big deal about the fact that it was the Dave Matthews Band tour bus. Yes. Now, I, I'm not sure I remember the whole story of when it happened. And I, I want to say, and I could probably be wrong about this, but I want to say the incident happened. The band was not on the bus. Oh, okay. And it was in no way a decision of the band. It was somebody who was operating the tour bus did this on their own. But it was the tour bus of the Dave Matthews Band. So it's not like Dave himself said, hey, I got an idea. Let's do this. That is not what happened. 
Dave hates the people of Chicago. He's like, yeah. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's been like this big, turned into this big thing, like uh, Dave Matthews has done this to the city of Chicago, but he was not part of the decision-making process when it happened. Well, yeah, and I I sent you a USA Today article, but I see a Block Club Chicago, which gives some more, you know, Chicago information. Yeah, so uh, the bus driver admits to the dumping. He paid a fine, served a year and a half of probation, and performed community service. Mm-hmm. That seems kind of light. Like, I don't think you should be executed for doing that, but my goodness, shouldn't that be jail time? If that happened to you, wouldn't you be like, man, the person who did well, this? I think that would be part of why he pleaded guilty. Okay. But but still, I mean, it's I would... reckless conduct and pollution charges. So there's not anything like a assault or whatever you've done to the other people. That's the reckless conduct part. But the pollution charges would be, you know, attempting to dump it into the river in the first place. Right. Uh, Paul joined us, and Paul is, is is trying to figure out how close he can put his face. To speaking the speaking of dumping uh, <laughs> yes. a, a busload of feces, <laughs> right? Here's here's Paul Yanchek. Yes, happy birthday, yeah. Joe! Hey, yes. thank you so much. I appreciate the birthday wishes. Yeah, yeah, Paul, we're talking about the the big concert, the free concert coming up in Columbus. Um, Tim Ryan is running for Senate. Um, and he brought a friend, so uh, Dave Matthews is doing a free concert in Columbus. Oh, I don't boy. know what you can say about the concert, it's a political concert. Um, you know, hopefully, there's not too much. Hopefully, Dave Matthews gets the play. I wonder if he changed all of the lyrics to include the candidate's name. I, I've seen that done before. It's kind of do people still listen to Dave Matthews? Um, I, I don't think as many as used to. <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's the other thing I'm kind of wondering too. I mean, is that the biggest name you could draw? I mean, hey, it depends on what vote. what is the demographic of people they're trying to get to vote okay. for him. For him, like if he's, if uh, you know, I, I, there's different ways of thinking about it. If either that demographic, which is probably more our age mm-hmm. than anybody else, yeah. uh, if that's the demographic you're trying to get out to the polls, then yeah, that would work. But there's a number of artists that you would get who would skew younger and would completely miss our generation. Well, I'm not going to that concert, even if it's free. Everybody knows that the key demographic is that 45 and over. Those are the ones mm, that you really need to get mm. out the vote. <laughs> but is Dave Matthews... The newly 48. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> yes. But is Dave Matthews the best artist in the age bracket either? I, I don't know. But he's also the one that you can get. What what else well, is, is Dave Matthews doing? I mean, oh, is, okay. What party is Tim Ryan with? Democrat, uh, Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. not a Republican. I was gonna say there. There's. I mean, let's be honest. This is a free Dave Matthews. Yeah. This is a free Dave Matthews band concert. Uh, the 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 entire area is going to be smelling funny. <laughs> it's like if if there's it was a Republican some... candidate, I could see the difficulty getting a, a, a big name band, but the. It, it might as well be uh, advocating uh, th- th- some new statute legalizing marijuana. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's when you get Dave Matthews fan for that. 
Well, the round. guy he's running against, um, <laughs> I don't get too political here, but uh, Republicans seem to be bringing a lot of newbies, you know, from Herschel Walker to uh, what Mayor Beth Taylor Green or whatever her name is. Um, <laughs> the guy running Marjorie, against him, Marjorie Taylor Green. Oh, Marjorie Taylor Green. Um, you know, is JD Vance, who's probably best known for writing the Hillbilly Elegy. You know, he's running. It's his first time he's running for office. He's running against Tim Ryan. Sure. Um, so I guess um, you know JD Vance writes hillbilly elegy, so I guess his concert would be what bluegrass band or something that's you know playing. I don't know. Very strange. A lot of banjos. Yes. And, and uh, Paul, we were and at least two of them will go over and jam with Dave Matthews Band. Come on. Right. <laughs> and they can fit in there. It's Dave Matthews Band. You never know. Well, and, uh, They're a jam saying- band. We're saying alert out to the people of Columbus because, you know, whatever your politics are, if you like Dave Matthews and I as immaterial, uh, you don't want to be on the riverway. There's a big river that goes through Columbus, and there's bridges that go over the river. So you don't want Dave Matthews' bus to be going over the river and then, you know, dumping out, you know. Yeah. You heard you heard that story, Paul? No. Oh, yeah, it's 18, 18 years ago. They just passed the anniversary uh, in Chicago, the Dave Matthews Band tour bus went to empty its uh, uh, bathroom waste. For the, some fecal the, it's, it's it's fecal matter. It's waste. <laughs> There's a term for it. I don't know, but uh, they dumped it into the river. Tried oh, to nice. dump it off a bridge into the river. Unfortunately, there was an open-topped riverboat tour cruise boat. Oh no, no, no! That yeah. they dumped five hundred. Pounds? Was that what it was? Five hundred pounds. Eight hundred pounds. pounds. Right. Of and fecal matter. And, and the newspaper reporter was <laughs> among the people being hit. So, so, so you know, sometimes you know something horrible could happen, and you might get lucky. The news doesn't find out about. But when the newspaper reporter is on the boat, and they got hit by the matter. Obviously, it's going to become a story. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. rough. And it was not anything. The band was not on the bus. They were not part of the decision-making process that made that where the person decided to do this. But it was their tour bus. And for a long, for 18 years, that has been uh, Chicago versus the Dave Matthews Band. Now, obviously, I'm not a Dave Matthews Band guy. They, They have that one song. I mean, how many hits? You just described about eight of their songs. (laughs) (laughs) They all sound like that. You know, on The Office, when Andy goes roller skating and he only Mm. wants the deep cuts, but they play that one song. Yeah. Yeah. So, what other Dave Matthews band songs are there? Ants marching. Oh, don't don't do that to me. Come on. (laughs) There's a lot of there's a lot of popular ones. Okay. Especially off of the especially off of the early album. Albums. Well, well, and again, I mean, this happened 18 years ago, but hey, this is what makes the show this story relevant to our show. Uh, let me throw a couple details. Here. Yeah, a couple details you guys might enjoy. Um, you, you know, the Dave Matthews, they're known for huge outdoor shows, environmental activism, which makes the poo thing kind of strange. <laughs> they donated 50000 to the Chicago Park District to begin the healing process. So, Hopefully that helped. And then in 2015, a sign was posted at the bridge asking people to remember the incident. Uh, it reads, in August 2004, at this very location, a DMV tour bus 
dumped 800 pounds of poo into people. Never forget. I, I like that it's poo and some people. <laughs> I, it's like a very official sign that went up. Well, you know, you know we, we're not big cussers. So, I mean, let's put poo on our signs. Well, don't put poo. poo. Let's use the word they poo. They couldn't use so, feces. They couldn't yeah, use right. excrement. They couldn't well, use... They had well, like... They should have. I mean, this, was, this was before the trend, but they should have had like Chicago is stronger than Dave Matthews poo. I mean, just like really yes, sure. We're gonna overcome this. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna overcome his poo. Brown silicone bracelets. And... Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> live strong. Uh, I survived uh, <laughs> Dave Matthews poo. <laughs> Dave Matthews dumped poo on me, and all I got was this lousy bracelet. <laughs> Uh, okay, from Wikipedia, <laughs> more, more details of this incident. Uh, bus driver Stefan Wool, he was guy was charged. Um, he was alone in the bus of band violinist Boyd Tinsley on the way to downtown Chicago hotel when he emptied the bus's septic tank as it crossed the mill grates of the Kinsey Street Bridge. Um, Chicago's, Chicago's little lady, it was a passenger boat. Uh, left its pier at its one o'clock scheduled boat departure. Um, roughly two thirds of the 120 passengers aboard the tour boat was soaked. Uh, the band, the boat immediately returned to the Navy Pier. All the passengers were issued refunds. That would be the least, right? You know, they're yeah. like, all right, you get your money back, you know. I mean, they, they, well, they, I mean, finish they, the tour. Oh, well, I mean, as they're soaked, <laughs> they, they each were given a, a wet wipe. <laughs> they only have so many on the boat, so it's not like they could give out enough for everybody. If but, you're you married, know. share with your partner. Uh. So, this happened. So, what if this happened like what 10 minutes into a two hour boat tour? They're like, all right, you got to finish it up. Oh, we're soaked. We smell horrible. Uh, sorry. The, the trip must go on. So they defiled the little lady. Yes, defiled the little lady. Uh, um, five people were hospitalized for testing. Passengers aboard included people with disabilities, elderly, a pregnant woman, oh no. a small child, and an infant. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is the exciting show, so we have to read this. According <laughs> to the filing, the liquid waste was brownish yellow no. in color. No. A foul offensive odor. The liquid waste went to people's eyes, mouth, hair, and on the clothing and personal belongings, many of which were soaked. Some of the passengers suffered nausea and vomiting as a result of exposure to human waste. So, yes, very horrible story. Uh, sorry I'm laughing. It made me, it made me chuckle a little bit. Uh, so uh, you were asking before for the names of songs of the Dave Matthews band, and I think some of them are highly appropriate to the story. Oh. Oh, uh, so you've got you've got Crash Into Me. Oh yes. You've got uh, what would you say? We got yeah. Gray, Gray Street. Uh, let's see. Uh, where'd they go? Uh, when the world ends. Here's one called Too Much, which that seems to work. Uh, one says mercy. Okay. That would be the best of what's around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's say, say goodbye. 
Uh, oh, stay yes. or leave. You could decide whether or not you wanted to stay or leave. They really need to do a cover of Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. Yeah. Mercy. <laughs> Mercy is one. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Big Eyed Fish. I um, can't believe I watched solely for the first time the other day on YouTube TV. Click the link. You can get YouTube TV for a discount. Uh, but, you know, we made a movie out of Sully Solenberger. Why didn't we make a movie out of this? The Heroes I, of the Little Lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might be rated I just, hard. I'm trying to figure out how you build up the, the tension in the story. And then what happens? What do you do after... In it's got to be a slow-mo shot of the... Oh, yeah. I mean, you can milk that for a good eight or ten minutes. This, Whatever that happened. opera song is that they always play like during major like yes. climactic moments. Uh, mm. dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh, well, and, and how do you show that scene? I mean, that scene alone. I mean, I don't know if there'd be a lot of cursing in the movie or whatever else, but that scene alone would make it radar for sure, right? <laughs> I mean, dramatic images. Oh, oh, yeah, dramatic yeah. Images, yeah. I mean, it could be a G-rated movie ever now, but that scene alone is like, all right, let's ratchet up, big point NC seventeen on here. Anyone yelling profanity in that moment is asking for trouble. That that's the moment you just. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's oh, terrible. Ah, uh, oh, it's the worst. I. They also you... have a song called Spoon. I don't know if that's a. <laughs> That's effective here. Satellite. Uh, so if you look up at the satellite, here comes a big old pile of poop. What's that one song that everybody knows? What's, What's that? The one that Andy roller skates to? Oh, that's Ants Marching. Oh, yeah, Ants Marching. Oh, that's a great name. Uh-huh. Did I wonder what happened to Dave Matthews? Did that hurt his career after it happened? Because he wasn't that was on the 18 bus. years ago. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're still making albums and sure stuff. Sure, wasn't I mean, his music that ruined his career. Oh, uh, okay. easy. Their saxophone player passed away. That was well, one thing. Oh, okay. Things changed after that. Yeah. All right. Well, and you know, I'm seeing a Chicago Tribune story has a good point. A sign that you made as a rock band is when you not only have a full time violinist, but the violinist had his own tour bus. Right. So yeah, Dave Matthews is doing really well for a while, right? Yeah. So what was it the violinist who single-handedly produced 800 pounds of poo, or was that the collector? Which I think is a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Taco Bell of that What is it about show. what is it about playing the violin yes. that has created this scenario where you have to have your like honestly, if he creates 800 pounds of poo, I would want him on his own tour bus as well. Like I just, dude, you're off my tour bus. Is he oh, yeah. this, this isn't happening. Or... You, you absolutely cannot be on my tour bus anymore. It's like addicted to milkshakes, but lactose intolerant. <laughs> or I mean, hey, it's a rock and roll band. He, he probably has I, I make my own choices. You can't make me stop. <laughs> you can't make me stop having milkshakes. Dude, you're lactose intolerant. Stop. Well, the guy had his own groupies and his, his own people, so yeah, Man. his own bus. Yeah, the, the if you, wow. It says a lot about the. But it wasn't the, even Dave's bus. Why are we going to blame Dave for all of this? Well, I mean, he was like Dave doesn't have his own problems. Yes, he's gluten tolerant. Yeah. How would you have had to feel, like you know, when he got the call, going, uh, we, "We've got a problem." You know, there's a story. And he's I'm probably, sorry. What? 
<laughs> what, I, was that, I mean to somebody that after would be my response? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. What? Why, why would, yeah. I, what I'm, happened? I'm trying to figure out what was the line of thinking where whoever it was thought that this would be a good idea. No, no. As I drive through this municipal city, I'm just going to dump poo yeah, yeah. right here on this bridge. Yes. This should be fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with this. This is where I normally do this. And you're like, what? Why are I don't I don't understand. Well, and I also wonder too if if there's 800 pounds, maybe they just waited a long time because did he just drive around the city and didn't have a place to empty it? And you're like Or or maybe they just stay empty it for such a long time, like, oh crap, we just gotta do it oh, crap. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the elder crap too, it's me. Oh crap. Oh crap, here we go. I mean, there's got to, I mean, you figure with all the, you know, tour buses and, you know, buses that take old people to stuff. I mean, the, there, there's got to be like understood protocols for where to put the poo. There, there are. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not highly familiar with them, but just but from knowing not... people who have RVs and whatever else, like there's always. You're yeah, just, there's protocol. There are places you're not just where you're chucking it off a bridge. No, you can't, especially <laughs> not in the middle of a city. I'm not saying that it's okay to do it in a rural area either, but definitely not in the middle of downtown Chicago. <laughs> there's strange. just just such a bad line of thinking there. Well, we got a lot to talk about with our Steelers show, so we better um, close up shop pretty quick. But Joe, let me talk about this story really quick. You were uh, mentioning right. it when, I signed, when we signed on. Um, Ohio Supreme Court on Tuesday removed from the bench a Cleveland municipal judge. And, you know, it's Cleveland, I'll tell you. Um, they, <laughs> she was removed. Uh, they claimed that she lied. She was disrespectful. She falsified court documents. But she wore tank tops and spandex shorts to court. How about that? Well, did she have her judgely robe on over all that? Or I don't know how you would know she was wearing a tank top and spandex underneath the robe. And even if she was, who cares? If she, if it was under the robe, what difference does it make? But the well, under the robe known. stays under the robe, right? But the right? would have known if she was wearing the thing above, right? I don't know. Well, they always talk about that on Zoom. They're like, okay, if you're in Zoom, you know, if you're in a meeting like this, make sure you're wearing nice clothes at the top, but you can be in boxes below or something like that. It doesn't yeah, matter the, unless they look, you know? The judge robe is I, like neck down. Until you stand yeah. up. Right, yeah, that's true. So maybe she stood up or something during the court case. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we have a no lie policy. We're very anti lying on this show, but the tank tops and and maybe the tank tops and spinning shorts wasn't what got her removed. It was more of the you well. Know, I hope it's the other the other treatment. stuff with the yeah the the <laughs> lies and the in falsifying court documents that hopefully was more of the issue. So get this. Um, she had a lot of stuff on her desk. Um, she had junk, dolls, cups, and novelty items on her uh, judge's desk. Um, and she discussed with staff defendants a TV show called F Valley 
about Fishel's Trip Club in Mississippi. P Valley. Oh, P Valley. Oh, yeah. I thought it was F Valley. No. Okay. Different letter. Are you are you familiar? You're a Mississippi guy. Are you, are you familiar with? The I am P-Valley? not familiar with this show. No. This is the first I've ever heard of it. But have you heard of P Valley, Paul? I have never heard of P Valley. Paul is I mean, a P Valley fan. Yeah. I'm just. I'm assuming that's where the other Dave Matthews bus disposes of its waste. I don't know. <laughs> that's only the the other waste, not the not the feces. Just the I'm pee. trying to figure out what channel it's on. Maybe we should get our wives down and that sounds like a TLC. Yeah, yeah that's is, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's on Stars. Oh, Stars. It's on oh, stars. Uh, okay. Hulu Premium and YouTube TV Premium. Okay. I I mean, yeah, I could just see my wife and Paul's wife going, oh, yes, P-Valley. P- <laughs> Great new show on TLC. We're down. So, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah my wife is like a huge fan of the uh, P- not not the P-Valley, but the, all the TLC shows. Every Let's time open we- up a bridal gown shop in P-Valley, and then we can be on TLC. Okay. Very good. Um, would you would you suspend this lady, Joe, or remove her from the bench, or did they go too far? Well, I mean, she's falsified court documents and, <laughs> okay. and lied. So yes, okay. uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I I I I'm assuming that there's a certain amount of decorum that is. Uh, common practice amongst you know courts and judges and whatever else but there is should be a certain amount of uh you know individual uh i don't know what's not style but individual and not interpretation but uh individualizing your own specific courtroom if she wants to, if she, if it's purely down to style issues and her desire to have decorations and whatever else around her, her judge's desk, like I don't, I, I don't see a problem with that. There's probably some procedural uh, issues with being too relaxed in terms of the way that you're operating your, your, uh, your your courtroom when once it comes to ref, referring to different uh, uh people uh, like your bailiff as a character from this uh this TV show might be pushing it in terms of maintaining the kind of decorum that really should be consistent amongst all courtrooms like it shouldn't you shouldn't show up in a courtroom and suddenly you know, you're you're just in a completely different world where the the lawyers now have to operate on a certain system in order to be able to get anything done. We started this whole podcast off talking about uh, highway patrol officers being able to have tattoos visible on their forearms. This is what this is the first article we were talking about. There's a certain amount of uh, objectivity that's supposed to be a part of certain governmental jobs, law enforcement courtroom there shouldn't be uh special things that you have to navigate in order just to get through your courtroom <laughs> does that make yeah. sense am i am i making this up no no i think so everyone's <laughs> real quiet just keep, keep the funko pops to a minimum as well, on the bench right. exactly <laughs> you know 
if well, somebody's a, a an enthusiast of uh, Marvel, uh, you shouldn't have to go in the courtroom and understand Marvel uh, <laughs> storylines in order to be able to communicate effectively with your judge. Like that shouldn't be a part of yeah. now the legal process. Um, I'm for somebody who likes to to personalize my 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 creative space, my my workspace, but that's because of the kind of work that I do. Not, I'm not a judge. <laughs> well, a couple of things about this lady and the close-up shop. Um, she didn't schedule her reschedule her cases in the early early days of COVID nineteen when core activity was suspended, which is kind of a problem. Yeah, that's you not know? great. <laughs> she issued arrest warrant for defendants who didn't show up for court when the court was supposed to be closed. So apparently she she wasn't into closing the court during COVID-19. She rewarded one defendant who was brave enough to come to court by waiving fines and rescinding warrants. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. She conducted hearings without the prosecutor present, stating once, the prosecutor's not here. Let's see how much we can get away with. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, that's where things get a little iffy for me. And she recommended <laughs> please underrepresented defendants. So yeah, that's not good either. All right, she should be off. Well, yeah, let's well, not let her judge. It her. has less to do with the, you know, the, the decorations <laughs> yes. and the and the whatever than falsifying court documents, recommending pleas to unrepresented defendants. That's the stuff where it's like, yeah, we've gone too far. This is too relaxed. Yeah. Crazy stuff. All right. Well, hey, let's close up uh, because uh, last week, Paul and I were talking about the Steelers, and we were like, they're never going to win another football game ever. And now they beat the Buccaneers. So we need an hour to figure Boom. out what the heck Take is that. going on yeah, with the Steelers. Uh, I think every per person that uh, Paul and I said we hated on the last podcast played really well. So, I mean, up is down. Down is up. Uh-huh. I've got some theories, but cats and dogs living together. Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the Steelers make no sense anymore. So, yeah. So let's close up. We'll talk about that again. Um, Cash app. Sign for that. Sign for YouTube TV. Share and watch P Valley. Yeah, watch YouTube TV. If you hate your this podcast, share anyway. It'll be fun. You know, like, oh, why are you sharing this? This is the worst thing. Send yeah, it to yeah. somebody. Yes, the clicks matter, so it'll be good. All right, so for Joe and Paul, this is Chris. Have a good one, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.